0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio, episode 4296.4. I'm just kidding, this is episode 68. My name is Matt Sin. I'm here with B-Dubs, my beautiful wife Carol, and my cousin Kyle. Hello. Hello. Hello, everybody.
1: Also, I want to apologize, to everybody, to the uh, 0. 0.6 episode that I recorded a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my intention, but... Uh... Yeah, now it's throwing our number system off a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We're here to tell you all about AEW
0: Dynamite. But before we do, we're going to tell you about...
2: This day in wrestling history. It's pretty good.
0: I dug that. I dug that. 20 years ago today. November 29th, 1999. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon in storyline were married in a wedding, ch- wedding chapel in Las Vegas when Stephanie McMahon was drugged and blacked <clears throat> out. That's right. That storyline has held up really well over the years. But it's okay because not only were they married in real life, probably not in Vegas, I would assume, but the whole wedding like the 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 tr- it was a sh- it was not a sham and stephanie was in on it the whole time you see she wanted to marry triple h it was a and consensual wh- drugging it was a consensual <laughs> drugging and one of the weirdest storylines of all time and triple h has just been a part of some weird stuff hasn't he I and mean, my gosh <laughs> with the katie vick stuff with this yeah i don't know man
1: yeah and uh <laughs> thinking back on it as well uh, I would love to be like a fly on the wall to when the segment ended and he had to walk into the locker room and China's like oh yeah that was great that was awesome because <laughs> <laughs> she probably thought it was at the time I'm like yeah great job it, and it, then getting uh, a good job yeah
0: so for those that don't know Triple H cheated on China with Stephanie McMahon and essentially got China fired so yeah good guy Good guy. But we all love Triple H now. NXT. (laughs) NXT. I was about to say, maybe in 10 years we'll all forgive Corey Graves and Seth Rollins for cheating on their significant others. We'll see. No. Or Jerry Lawler. I mean, come on. Basically, they all do it.
2: The list goes on.
0: The list goes on. There's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. So let's get on to the Thanksgiving thank you celebration.
2: I was invited.
0: You were invited. I saw the invite. You sent it to me. It was great. From Le Champion.
1: Wait, Carol this, got an invite.
0: She did get an invite. Like, Isn't that incredible?
2: Yeah, and I was late.
0: Yeah, she she didn't quite make it, unfortunately. But that's uh, okay. okay. That's okay. I
2: saw the ending.
0: But actually, she was the one in the cow suit. If you if you watch these she was wearing the giant. Uh, she gave me a dead dead eye look. No, she was not the one in the cow suit.
2: <laughs> I think I missed. Wrong that. animal so, it. choice,
1: Matt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the show the show opens. And there's like a marching band on the ramp. And there's a bunch of presents in the ring. And there's a bunch of like inflatable people basically. They're like mascot suits, but they're not like the weird, yeah. you know, big dog thing they did with Roman Reigns. They're like blow up. Just it was it was so stupid, but it was so good. It was, it was very incredible. silly.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: And then Chris Jericho comes out. meant to his, be silly
1: his, and not meant to be a uh a, like a real thing, like Baron right. Corbin.
0: Right. Yeah. And so Chris Jericho comes out, and the marching band's there, and his titantron hits, but the, the his music does not play because the marching band is playing for him. And he walks down to the ring.
1: But you forgot to say Mr. Soul Train Jones was in the ring.
0: Oh, you know what? You're correct. I apologize about that. So the show actually opens up with Soul Train
1: Jones. A.K.A. Vincent A.K.A. Virgil, uh, Virgil, yes
0: Yep, yep And he's in the ring and he introduces Chris Jericho With what might be the worst promo I've ever heard in my life
1: (laughs) He started out pretty good Like I was pretty, like, he was trying real hard He was And uh, it was good to start with I mean, he wasn't, you know, uh, him talking Like, you know, he wasn't very, uh, what's the word? um, Intelligible or whatever Eloquent? Sure All the above. But, I mean, his delivery was pretty good. Like, his, it's kind of hard to understand him because he's an old gentleman. But he he was trying really hard. And then he kind of started slipping up when he had to read. Uh, Don't know how great of a reader he is, but he was reading off note cards. And he started slipping up a little bit. It kind of went downhill. But then he (laughs) brought out Jericho, and it was fine.
0: Yep. It was
1: terrific. He did try really hard.
0: Jericho comes in the ring. And he cuts a short little promo. But the best part, and what's most important, is he says, I have something for everyone in the crowd. Look under your chairs. And everyone looks under their chairs. And he's like, that's right. It's a coupon for 50 cents off the little bit of the bubbly T-shirt. And uh, it was they had was a so dumb good.
1: wrestling fan sitting in the front row <laughs> who, they zoomed in the camera on his face, and he was kissing the thing, saying, oh, thank you, Jericho. Thank you so much. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God.
0: And so he announces – that there is some Little Bit of the Bubbly wine, and it's going on sale immediately. And so you can visit com slash, uh, what, wrestle life Radio? That makes sense. It's not a real thing, though. We don't get anything for that. But you can visit there if you want to. It is not sold out. I was told it was, but we just checked before the show started. So go buy some alcohol, I guess. Yeah, two that's bottles a, for a, $46. Yeah. Um, I actually think that's not terrible.
1: Make sure you're 21 and older, or how whatever the legal age is in your state. <laughs> or, I think it's all. I think gone. it's universally 21, right?
0: Uh, in in the U.S., yeah. It's, it's been a while since, since I've been 21,
1: scene. so I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Sammy Guevara and Santana and Ortiz come down to the ring, and Sammy has says, "I have a gift for you," and Chris Jericho opens it, and it is a cutout. Of Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara hugging.
2: Also on my Christmas list. Yep,
0: absolutely. <laughs>
1: hugging we'll and grinning like room. best friends.
0: Yeah. It's so good. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And Chris Jericho is very thankful for this. Give Sammy a big hug. And Santana and Ortiz, they give Chris Jericho all kinds of random crap.
1: Also, it's they like, recreate it. Feel- so when they hugged, sorry, Matt. They <laughs> When they, they hugged had- after he gave him the poster, they recreated the pose that was on the poster. And it was fantastic. The only thing that would have made it better <laughs> is if they had zoomed out like the best friend's hug. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but that still, it was it was still great. It, but yes. So Tenet,
0: Santana and Ortiz gave him some stuff. And like, they gave him some flip flip-flop, flops. And like, yeah, we hear, we hear you know, some Hispanic grandmothers, you know, could really do some damage with this. And Chris Jericho's like, okay. And they give him like a bunch of rent they give him some uh, Vicks Vapor Rub. And says so if you get a cold, rub a little bit on the chest; it works miracles. And he's like, he acts like it's the greatest gift anyone's ever given him before. And then so they give him like a do rag with a Puerto Rican flag on the do rag, and like you're an unofficial Puerto Rican now. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's you know, that's something.
1: They also give him and a uh, alcoholic bottle that's in a, a brown, brown bag, 40, yeah. and they're like, oh, you know what this is? A little bit of the forty. <laughs> which which gets a, a little bit of the 40 or a 40, I think it was just 40 chant, chant in the yep. crowd. Uh, so that was yep. fantastic. But Matt, I mean, Sammy's out there, Proud and Powerful's out there. Where's Jake Hager at?
0: You know what? Chris Jericho asked the same thing. Where was Jake Hager? And then you see Jake Hager <laughs> coming struggling to the crowd.
1: <laughs> struggling.
0: <laughs> yes, with a goat and its handler. And listen, now, I, I, I love animals. Okay. You gotta stop. You just gotta stop. The Pharaoh thing was miserable. The poor dog was scared to death. And like, this goat probably wasn't scared because nothing happened. But he just, he's like trying to turn around and leave. You know, there's like, you know, 5,000 screaming people. So I I gotta get it. But Chris said, Jake, what do you got there? And Jake said, this is your gift. Chris Jericho. Because Chris Jericho is the goat yes and people started chanting jerry goat
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was it was so good
1: yep <laughs> it was jake so hager's chris job Jer- for the night that was, that's <laughs> all he
0: did that, well he, he he came back later yeah but so there's a big old present in the middle of the ring and it's got chris jericho's face and aew title on the wrapping paper. And he says, I couldn't help but notice there's this uh, big old present back here. They should sell explaining.
1: that on the AEW shop site as well. I know,
0: I, I would buy if that. The, if they're going to market
1: all this stuff, like the little bit of the bubbly, they might as well do the, the Christmas wrapping and stuff too.
0: Yep, I would buy it right now. Right now. <laughs> I would, yeah. I, I'd ship it fast enough so I can get it to wrap the gifts. And so uh, he said, I couldn't, couldn't help but notice this giant present. What is it? And so Santana Ortiz lift it. And it's Chris Jericho's father ted irvin from uh new york rangers fame Mm -hmm. who got a huge pop because they're in chicago who's a big hockey city and ted says it's so great to be back in new york city
1: yeah the love was short-lived because they (laughs) (laughs) rained booze on this old man they absolutely screamed at him and he just he just continues to crap on the blackhawks he did. He, he Chris is make... like,
0: we're, we're actually we're in Chicago, Dad, and he's like, oh, Chicago. Uh, I oh, I always hated playing the Blackhawks. They were terrible. They're a bunch of wimps. And he just like yelled at him for five minutes. Oh yeah.
1: So Mr. Ted Irving here uh, turned full heel in his first wrestling <laughs> segment. It was fantastic. <laughs> and then he gave all the inner circle uh, custom New York Rangers jerseys, which the fans yep. also loved. Yep. Uh, everybody got one. Sammy Guevara had Spanish God written on his. Proud and Powerful had some. Hurt. Yeah, Jake Hager had the Big Hurt. Is I fantastic. don't remember what
0: Proud and Powerful were. That one of them was Thug, and the I can't Ruff, remember what the Ruffian? other. Ruffian, Ruffian. Thug and yeah. Ruffian.
1: Right. And I think they – One of the announcers said that Soul Train Jones got one. I'm not sure if he actually did. They didn't get oh, really? it on camera. but
0: That's awesome. So at this point, uh, Chris Jericho's dad leaves the ring. So, okay, well something's gonna happen. Someone's gonna interrupt. We're about to have some action here. And so Chris Jericho says, I have received a thank you from the ownership and the executive management from AEW.
1: And but TNT. I just don't feel
0: like and TNT. But I just don't feel like reading tonight. So, hey, you, you announcer guy, you come on, come on in here, and he calls Justin Roberts in the ring. And he goes, What's what's your name, kid? And instead of saying Chris, I've known you for 20 years. He said, my my name's Justin. <laughs> and he looked like so confused, like Chris Jericho knows who this guy is. Also, the crowd's chanting, you can't read, which is really good. And so Justin Roberts reads the thank you letter, which I'm not going to read here. But Chris Jericho says, you know what? I The, the words were fine, but I don't like the, the tone that you said thank you. And Justin's like, "What?" He's like, "I don't like your tone." And so they all like beat up Justin Roberts, and they weren't like you know stomping him into the ground. They were like messing up his hair, you know, ripping it out at his vest. And they did get a couple stomps in. which prompted the marching band to come inside and attack the inner circle? The marching band consisting of Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. And they basically cleared the ring.
1: Talented musicians too.
0: Ta- yeah, yeah. Obviously, very, very good <laughs> at what they do. Yeah. But it was this whole segment was fun. I really liked it. I, I love goofy segments like this. If it's done with a grain of salt, like I don't like the whole, like when, for example, and we've talked about this already, but when SmackDown did the whole big dog thing with Baron Corbin, right? They thought they were being cool
2: and serious
0: and serious about this. And they were bringing out a giant friggin' dog playing a chihuahua barking Roman Reigns' theme in the background. Dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But this, it was supposed to be campy and was supposed to be funny. And that's why I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Carrie, you haven't said much yet. What did you think of this whole thing?
2: Well, I already told you I want the... The cutout for Christmas. You want the
0: cutout for Christmas? Yeah. I don't know if they sell sell that, but well, I would love it. You
2: need to get on that.
0: I'll work on it for you.
2: Um. No, it was fun. It was definitely enjoyable. Like you said, it wasn't trying to take itself seriously. It right. was trying to be fun and silly and campy, and that's what made it fun.
1: Yep. It was a bunch so. of jerks having a good time amongst themselves. Right. And they yep. weren't even like – they inclu- included the crowd in uh, some of the jokes, but yep. really – like. They could. This could have been an empty arena, and they still would have done all this stuff. Like it was just exactly. It was them being jerks and having like celebrating how great they were. So it all made sense. Uh Yeah. And it was. And, yeah, it was fantastic. They they were still heels. And uh the only thing I didn't like was the way it ended because it was it felt like a big segment and there wasn't like yeah. a. It was kind of an anticlimactic end because SCU ran out everybody like instantly cleared the ring and then they beat up soul train Jones. <laughs> they, they put him, uh, they,
0: they did the million dollar dream to him, which was really great. right.
1: And they hit a clothesline on him and took yep. him out. But I, mean, I, I guess you're, you're obviously wanting to save yeah. uh you're wanting to save Scorpio's guy and Jericho for the main event. That's going to be on tonight, right. but uh, I don't know. I just felt like they could have done a little bit more, to end it, but that's just nitpicking. Um, which, you know, is what I do. So, uh, but the, the rest of the segment on its own was fantastic it was so fun it, it felt like a I mean AEW is, and AEW fans are probably going to hate this but it felt like a good WWE like Attitude you era. know yeah those those type of segments where like the festival friendship like those type of segments that are just like right great to watch and just like super entertaining um, so yeah very well done
0: also a Chris Jericho thing
1: yeah yeah cool go figure He's good at his job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. If you just let, you know, the greatest of all time or one of the greatest of all time do something and be creative, mm-hmm. it turns out to be very, very good. So we get Best Friends with Orange Cassidy come out next. And Orange Cassidy is in a turkey suit. Why is Orange Cassidy in a turkey suit?
2: Because it's Thanksgiving. Because it's
0: Thanksgiving. That's the only reason. And. I love this, and I shouldn't love it, I should hate it so much, because if Chad Gable came out in a turkey suit, I would be ranting for 15 minutes on why it was so stupid that Chad Gable was in a turkey suit. But I loved every second of this, and now I feel super biased, But it was, it was because it's Orange Cassidy. He's the perfect person to do this. If Matt Jackson came out in a turkey suit, I'd be like, what in the world? is going on, but it just fits so well with Orange Cassidy. Am I, am I wrong? Do you disagree with me, Kyle?
1: Well, it also made sense because he uh, eventually, it will get into the match, but he eventually got on the apron and started flapping his wings. He did. Uh, yeah. If he didn't have the turkey suit, then that probably would have been a little bit confusing. So.
0: <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. But before the, before the match starts, Lucha Brothers come out and, and attack all three of them. Um, Trent actually beat... Pentagon last week on AEW Dark, which really shocked me, to be honest, because I'm a, I'm a, I am ai love the Lucha Brothers, and I like the Best Friends a lot too, but I feel like the Lucha Brothers are much bigger single stars than the Best Friends, so it was a surprising win. So it kind of, I think we're starting a feud here. So tell me about the match, Kyle.
1: Yeah, and, and like you said, uh, they did point out that uh, Trent was able to beat Penta on the last week edition of AEW Dark. Right. So but I actually didn't know that going into the ma- they brought it up later in the match um yeah. really just at the end uh and I had not seen AEW Dark um I think I'd seen the results but I for whatever reason just didn't remember that that had happened um so going into this I didn't know that it was just a the number 1 contending um tag team Lucha Brothers against the number 5 contending team of best friends who haven't you know been on a winning streak of of late uh, as a tag team so uh, this was a very surprising ending because basically what happened was uh, Best Friends started the match uh, totally in control, um, but then Pentagon hit Trent uh, in the back and they hit a double super kick spot and then the Best Friends took control. They had a picture-in-picture commercial, which I've complained about these picture-in-pictures uh, and tonight uh, I'm going to complain about them even more because they did every one of them like within matches and even the last one uh, I'll get into you later that kind of aggravated me even more, but yeah. basically they, I guess the good news was everyone like when they did the picture in picture, like nothing happened, so you could get up and get like walk away and you didn't really miss much. Basically, right. Lucha Brothers were in control when we went to the picture in picture commercial, and then when we came out of it; they were still in control. So that type of stuff. It's WWE going to commercial break. Um, yeah. So basically. They were in control of coming out of the break, but Chuck Taylor was able to get the hot tag. Uh, He takes over. He had a big dive on the outside. And then Trent goes for a dive as well. Uh, But Phoenix, like Taylor had a grip on Phoenix and Pentagon, which made sense for them all to just be standing there waiting for the dive, which usually guys will stand there and like act like they're drunk or whatever. And then they'll be hit. But (laughs) Chuck Taylor was actually holding on to them trying to, you know, be this, take one for the team and let both of the guys get hit. But Phoenix was able to fight out of it, broke away, slid in the ring, and hit Trent for a super kick. Uh, and then Penta hit a Canadian Destroyer on Trent and went for the pin. And I was super confused. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Chuck Taylor was the <laughs> legal man in, and Penta just came in and hit him with a Canadian Destroyer. What's that going on?
0: all the time, though. So
1: I had to rewind it and figure out what happened. And they actually did in their defense, because at first I was like, are they just breaking the rules again? Like, I almost chalked it up to that and just kept going. But no, I rewound it. And in fairness, they did tag each other, but the camera like barely caught it. And then the announcers didn't see it. So yeah. it wasn't mentioned. And uh, it, But it like the camera was panning like to show Penta and Phoenix on the outside. And uh, Chuck Taylor was able to tag Trent like in the upper corner of the camera. So he did okay. make the tag, but I was super confused for a minute. Uh, so basically after that, Lucha Brothers uh, were setting up Trent for the finish. And this is when Orange Cassidy got up on the apron. <laughs> and was flapping his arms like a turkey.
2: <laughs>
1: and this distracted the Lucha Brothers because they were like, what, what is the dude doing? Uh, Trent was able to get a roll up for a near fall. Uh, did not get the secure the win here, but he he got a near fall. Orange Cassidy continued to distract Pinta. It allowed uh Taylor to take Pinna out and inside the ring, Trent was able to hit the what's the name of his move? The Crunchy? Is that I what Excalibur no called clue. it? It sounded like he kept calling it the crunchy. Yeah. By uh,
0: the way, it was awesome.
1: Yeah. So it's basically he puts him on his back and then does like a it's like a reverse sit down pile driver. So yeah. uh he hits the crunchy, I'm assuming that's the name of it, and picks up the win. We're gonna so, go with that. Yeah, so Trent hits the Crunchy for the win. And then that's when they point out that actually last week on AEW Dark, Trent in singles competition beat Penta with the same move. So they, you know, they built up a little bit of a story here that they've got a feud going on. So huge win for the big friend or best friends. Uh, And like I said, the announcers did a good job pointing out that not only did they, uh, Trent beat Penta with that last week, but they also pointed out that Best Friends were actually actually I was mistaken. I said they were number five ranked. They were actually unranked. Yeah. Um, and Lucha Bros were the top ranked team. So this was a huge upset, huge win for Best Friends. I'm sure they'll be ranked this week, and I'm sure yeah, Lucha Brothers a good knockdown a peg a two. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a good match. It was really, I mean, entertaining. Pretty simple. Not like you know, not the greatest match ever, but it was good. So what do you yeah, think, Matt?
0: I agree. I I thought the match was good. It was a little shorter than I expected it to be, which I think happened a lot this week. A lot of the matches were a little shorter, or at least they felt shorter, possibly because of the the picture-in-picture. I'm not sure. But I really enjoyed it. Orange Cassidy made me laugh. The Lucha Brothers are great. It was a shocking ending because I had no inkling of a suspicion that the Best Friends were actually going to win. I actually thought, oh, okay this is Pentagon getting his win back because my brain is so WWE right now that I'm used to 50, 50 booking. So right. I, I liked it. I thought it actually was the right outcome because the Lucha brothers have already challenged for the tag titles twice. They're not going to just do it again in the next couple weeks. It's, it's going to bring the best friends up a peg and they'll get a match. And it'll be good.
1: The only thing First I didn't, thing, the only thing I didn't like about it, um it, it wasn't it, nothing to do with this match really, but, I kind of thought about it after the fact and Phoenix was actually the one who took the pin here as well. They, they said Pinna got beat last week in one-on-one competition, but yeah. Phoenix was the one who took the pin in this match uh, from the crunchy, but
0: and it is the crunchy. I looked it up.
1: Okay. Okay. So the only thing I, uh, that I was kind of disappointed in was it almost undoes the uh, Nick Jackson Phoenix match from last week, because I kind of thought that either Lucha brothers were going to, you know, start becoming the more prominent tag team in the division and that they would kind of start, you know, challenging for SCU after, you know, the Chris Jericho Scorpio Sky program was taken care of. But
0: yeah,
1: because uh, Phoenix had a giant win last week against uh, Nick Jackson. I mean, obviously it was a singles match, but they're both tag team wrestlers uh, and they made him look super strong in that match, uh, you know, in a singles competition. And for him the very next week to get pinned by an unranked tag team, I was kind of like, it kind of undoes what they had tried to do in that match to build him up. Um, but they're going to do a program now, so it's okay. In a nutshell, what this program will be, will be fine, I'm sure. But like I said, it, I, I feel like they tried to make him strong last week in his singles match. And We're getting now it Phoenix kinda...
0: versus Trent next week, which should be interesting. And I think that they view Best Friends as a main event tag team. So it's not like this is a bad loss by any means, even though they're unranked. Right, I think that they they are viewed as a really strong team,
1: and it makes sense because, like they pointed out, Trent you know beat Pena in singles comp. So, like like I said, in in this the the idea or the concept of the story that they have between these two teams, it makes sense. But I'm just saying, it takes away from P- uh, Phoenix's big win against right. Jackson uh, a week ago. So, right to me anyway.
0: Carrie, what did you think of Orange Turkey?
2: I loved Orange Turkey. You liked him? Yeah, that was good. That was great
0: should this freshly should have cooked. more
1: freshly cooked
0: <laughs> should we have more cosplay by uh this isn't really yes cosplay. i would like disgusting. to see
2: santa cassidy
0: santa cassidy <laughs> yeah that would be great
2: yeah
0: i'm down with santa cassidy so we're gonna move on and we got hikaru shida and chris statlander uh who has only been on dark so far versus b Priestley and Emmy sakura you want to tell us about it
1: sure I am assuming I'm you or you know, whoever you're talking to. That's correct. <laughs> so they they actually did a good job too of uh, pointing out the rankings before the match. Um going over, you know, Sheeta defeating Brick Baker, uh saying that she is the new number one contender. But Brick Baker's moved in the number two spot. Uh Emmy Sakura is number three, Nyla Rose four, and Allie at five. Um I'm surprised Allie's still at number five, but yeah, um weird. Yeah. but anyway, so they they go over all the rankings. Um, they be Priestley and Sakura come out first. Uh, Sakura comes out in her you know Freddie Mercury gear, all that yep. stuff with her horrible music,
0: terrible music, worst music in professional wrestling. Yeah. my gosh.
1: Especially since she's trying to be like Queen. Uh, speaking from yeah. coming from a giant Queen fan, I'm just anyway. So <laughs> Statlander comes in the ring, uh, hanging upside down on the turnbuckle. That was really weird. Uh, she should find a new way to come in the ring. It's just strange. <laughs> so, I think she's supposed to
0: be strange. That's part of her stick.
1: Well, then she could keep doing that because it was just strange. <laughs> so, uh, weird. basically, Priestley and Sakura immediately jump the to start the match. Uh, and you know tries to get the best in the start, but uh, they basically get knocked on the outside, and uh, B tries to grab Statlander's leg. She kicks her way and hits a backflip on her, not like a moonsault, like a backflip, yep. and hits her. jumps in the ring and drop kicks Sakura. Uh, she she looked really good in this match. I haven't seen uh, yep. her dark matches, but uh, she really impressed me because uh, Shanna. She's also one that's kind of they've you know shown a little bit of that's you know been pretty impressive uh, you know with her work um, and. Honestly, they, they seem a little bit ahead of the game than like someone like Britt Baker is. I mean, Britt's done yeah. well, but she can be sloppy at times. And she you know still needs some work. She's still pretty new to the game. But Statlander's pretty new as well. And she did pretty well in this, you know, in I this match. I was really
0: impressed with her. And I haven't really loved the new girls. Like, Shanna's fine. I like her. I don't like Jamie Hayter at all, which is not a popular opinion because a lot of people really like her. But I really like Chris Statlander. This is the first match I've ever seen her. So right. But I, I like her a lot, and I hope they show her more so I can get to know her better.
1: Yeah, and, and B Priestley is even. I mean, I know she's done. She's t-
0: awesome. I've been watching her for about a year now. She's very talented. Yeah, she's
1: really good, but she hasn't shown much in AEW. Like it's, it feels That's like true. they haven't really given her much of an opportunity to show, you know, what she can do. Um, yeah. So uh, basically, uh, Leonard gets the tag to Sheeta to start, uh, and surprisingly. Uh, Sheeta took most of the punishment during this match. Um, but uh, Oh, and so after she got the tag, this was a spot I also didn't really care for. Uh, she immediately goes on the outside and sets up the chair. She grabs the chair, sets it up like in the seated position, and they point out that she's not going to use the chair as a weapon. She's going to use it to launch off of. So she sets up the chair. Sakura and B are like, standing there all woozy, and she's going to jump off of it. Then all of a sudden, like, Sakura... Just goes and sits down in the chair. And she starts acting like she's drinking tea. And then uh, I'm like, okay. And then Shida probably boots her in the face. And then hits a running knee on Sakura. And I was like, great.
0: I'm not going to lie We both popped at that. Mm. As soon as Emmy sat down, we're like, this is great! We loved it so much.
1: But she's a heel. Yeah. I'm just I don't not,
0: care. It was funny. I liked it.
1: I'm just not a fan. So, <laughs> like I so said, she... She, her music is bad. She's She has like a babyface gimmick, but she's a heel. Uh, she's definitely a heel with me because she's not Freddie Mercury. Anyway, <laughs> we go to picture-in-picture. Um, the heels are working over Sheeta during the picture-in-picture picture, uh, commercial break. Like I said, just all, all throughout the night, they, they did these. And essentially, the heels would take over and they'd work over the baby faces. Uh, we come back. Sakura's in an abdominal stretch using her mic stand. And then the referee comes over and takes it away from her. Yep. She she releases the hold and begins to fake cry. And at this point, <laughs> I wrote my notes. I hate Emmy Sakura. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not a fan. Like it just it doesn't work for me. I don't know. But so she does immediately boots uh, Sheeta after she does it. Like she didn't continue to weep in the ring and then lose control. But so but after all. Obviously, the fans don't share my uh, thoughts on soccer because they started chanting "Refuse suck" because he took the mic away. So they yeah. they uh, they did not appreciate this. Um, but basically, uh, like I said, um, soccer kicked uh, or Sheeta kicked soccer or something like that. Uh, Sheeta sets up B in the corner, um, which started to look kind of contrast. Like she set her horizontally in the corner, and I was like, I don't know what's going to happen here, but she. She grabs Sakura, Sheeta did, and she hits a suplex on her. And S- Sakura's feet booted B in the face while yep. she's laying sideways in the corner. And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> that was brutal." I yep. Have to take two boots in the face. I don't know if that was worth it, but uh, Sheeta then tries to make the hot tag stat lander, but B cut her off. Um, B hits a big German suplex on Sheeta, but Sheeta jumps up and counters a huge, big flying knee. Knocked both of them to the mat, and uh, it was like a desperation flying knee. She gets up and tags Statlander. Statlander gets up, runs wild, looks fantastic. She did a really good job. Uh, she knocks B to the floor, and then gets Sakura in an Oklahoma roll. She starts rolling her around, and then you know secures the Oklahoma roll, gets a near fall. Uh, Sakura gets up, and hits a crossroads. Then she gets up and starts the "We will clap, the we will rock you" clap.
0: Even though she's a heel.
1: Uh, yeah. It's, like I said, not a fan. So she tries to do that. Um, B gets up to hit a uh, top rope stomp on Statlander, which also looked brutal. She, she, it was one where she had her back to her, and she was kind of starting to get up, and B just stomped the crap out of her back. Yeah, so she's probably gonna be seeing the chiropractor this this coming Monday. Um, yeah, so Statlander's down. Uh, Soccer hit, hits a big backbreaker on Statlander. Uh, she is able to break it up. Um, B tosses her to the outside. Sakura goes for a moonsault, but Statlander moves. Um, B tries to save Sakura, but Sheeta hits the Falcon Arrow on her. And then uh, Statlander hits a face buster and then an axe killing Sakura. And I was convinced that this was the finish. Um, Yep.
0: I was too. I'm like, oh, it's over. I literally, I think I said out loud, this is over. Yeah. Right, yeah. 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 So
1: it, it looked like the finish. So then Statlander hits a Michinoka driver. Uh, B breaks with the pin I'm not sure where Sheeta went But she was just Kind of Not present anymore I think he just Rolled out of the ring Well She ha- she hit Bree- B With the uh, falconero And then they both Got out of the ring But then After Statlander Hit the Michinoko driver B was the one That emerged So supposedly There was something That went on outside I guess Where yeah, B Hit Sheeta Yeah so uh, Then Statlander Gets hit with Sakura's Mic stand And gets cradled For the pin Yep. Sakura and B Priestley win. Um, she'd actually got out and pointed, she got in the ring and pointed out the mic stand, but the ref said he didn't see it. So, um, yeah, basically the heels use the mic stand to win. Sakura and uh, B Priestley win this match. Uh, what did you guys think of this match? I didn't think it was that great.
0: So, before we get into that, and I'm going to let you talk about it, Carol. But I do want to stay, say that all three of us are musically inclined to some degree. Mic stands are very heavy, so if anyone goes, oh, it's not that big of a deal, it's just like a long stick, no. It's a big metal pole, and it hurts like a son of a gun if you mm. get hit with it. me about the match.
2: Also, quickly, the wanton destruction of microphones by wrestling companies in general. Yep. The constant dropping of microphones. Why? Yep. Why is that necessary? Why? But anyways... <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed it. I I don't share your opinion of of Emmy soccer. You don't care for soccer much, do you, Matthew? She's
0: not my favorite.
2: Yeah, I, I...
1: She I would like be her. a much better baby face. Like, she comes out That's there with great. her microphone, with- she puts it in front of the little kids for them to sing along with her, I and then she gets to the ring and she's mean. And it's just like, yeah. just be yeah. a face. Like And yeah. she yeah. works... Uh, she does heal things you know, during the match every now and then, but... She, she should yeah. be a baby face. Like, I don't get why she's a heel. I agree
2: with that. Yeah. I think she's got a playfulness that would work really well.
1: Yeah. And way. like her, you know, using the chair and like sitting there and sipping tea. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, this these other things would be funny, but it's like, but you're supposed to be a heel. I don't want to cheer for you. So it's just, yeah, it just falls flat for me. So, yeah. yeah. She no, does I, the We Will Rock You clap to get the fans she- engaged. Because that's what heels do. And they just
0: boo her because she's a heel.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah. But and she but she doesn't do it mockingly. Like, she tries to get the fans into it. But like, she kept doing yeah. it, trying to get people to do it. And I'm like, like, she should do it at least mockingly to, you know, and then kind of laugh. or so. Like, there's a way to do it to make it a heel thing. But I don't think she kind of
2: has that. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. I don't know.
2: But yeah, the new girl was good. It was interesting. Statlander. I think Statlander is a cumbersome stage name. That's true. I think Statler. <laughs> Or something yeah anymore. i don't even but remember did i write down her first nitpicky. name
1: chris statlander yeah she, she has a ks on her tights yeah. so um yeah chris statlander is her name okay
0: i thought this match was fine and Hikaru Shida is my favorite female superstar in aew and i get what they're trying to do they're trying to throw four people out there they're getting b Priestley a win Amy sakura gets another win you kind of knew they were going to win since Statlander didn't even get her own entrance. She came out with Sheeta. I just. It, it, the women's division is still struggling for uh, me. Yeah. And I think that's fair to say. I think Riho is a superstar. I think Sheeta is getting over. I think Baker is getting over. But I think that AEW has done such an amazing job with the tag team division. Yeah it's kind of baffling to me that they're really struggling with women's division i mean if you compare it to the nxt women's division it's not even a competition no. not even close yeah. and i would say that even raw and smackdowns who are strongly lacking you know good women wrestlers the top of the card looks good but that mid card and lower card just looks miserable
2: but but you do have those superstars yeah so that you're not quite seeing yet in you have A-W. one you
0: yeah. have one you have Riho. Yeah. she's the only women superstar and awesome kong who hasn't done anything and wasn't on the show so you have one right now because awesome kong as far as i know hasn't even had an official match in aew yet
2: i thought we'd see a lot more of her when she came out and we were like yeah it's gonna be karma's here like i thought we would see her every i thought we'd see a lot more of yeah that's a little disappointing
0: yeah so So i think she's gonna wind up starting to do stuff with brandy but whatever, but we are going to do a round table on the state of women's wrestling pretty soon. So that'll be fun. We've only been talking about that for three months now. So we'll see.
1: We'll see. Yeah. And in fairness, um, just to talk about the women's division, um, there's a lot of women, like talented women out there. um, And a lot of like impact is like loaded with talent.
0: Oh man. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, they might be arguably, I mean, right there with like NXT women's division and I mean WWE has got a great women's division too, like. Yeah. That, that is the strongest thing on WWE TV right now. is probably their women's division because they're yeah. not getting any the guys over. Uh, no,
0: they have the fiend and that's it.
1: And, and the fiend mm-hmm. is starting to weigh on me at least. So, um, yeah. yeah. And several of the fans, especially with how they've turned him. So the women are definitely the strong point in WWE. Um, like I said, impacts talent wise. The roster is like amazing. Um, right. Even to the point where, uh, like Tessa Blanchard is in the main event of the show, not just, with other right. men, not with, you know, main event and other women. So they're, yeah. I mean, talented like crazy. I mean, Ring of Honor has done okay, but there's, like, still some good – I mean, I, I'm kind of baffled that AEW hasn't immediately, like – and maybe they've talked to them. I don't know. Um, but you'd think they'd be able to just, you know, sign who they would want and try to build up their roster. But, I mean, people like Ivalice, who's, like, immensely talented, has – I had experience all over the world. And it
0: has a name in America.
1: Right. I mean, she's she was she's been on TV. Um, you know, she was on WWE and she was on NXT for a bit. She was on Lucha Underground as like Lucha a big player. She, I mean, she was wrestling men on Lucha Underground and was a trios tag team champion on uh, Helico and uh, – I forget the Matt other guy's Cross. name. Uh Havoc.
0: Cross, I don't remember his Lucha Underground name.
1: Ha- Son of Havoc. That's who it was. Yeah. Um, it. So, I mean, she's, she's very experienced. She'd be a great asset. Uh, maybe they could pick up uh Kelly Klein she's having her issues with our, our Ring of Honor now and she's going to be out of Ring of Honor. I think she'd be great uh babyface for the division um uh especially somebody who could, could be, be a, a,
0: a one show too. Mm.
1: Yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll see. It's definitely they're they're starting to kind of get some uh, they're obviously giving awesome Kong a character, uh her and Brandy. Uh we'll see if they use them some more. Um We'll talk about it, you know, in the next segment. Uh, Ali's got something going on now, so we'll see what they do with this. But yeah, as far as just like they've got to do some stuff a little differently, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I agree. So yeah, I, it can't just be Riho, Britt Baker, and Sheeta kind of carrying the division, which is that's correct what it's doing right now. So correct. But anyway, yeah, I thought it was. I thought this match, the women's match though, was. Fine, like just yeah. I wasn't like a huge a fan of it one. because of Sakura, but it wasn't a bad match either.
0: Yeah. So when we're gonna move forward to John Moxley cutting a friggin' weird promo.
1: He's stealing and- Alistair Black's gimmick. Yes. <laughs> he yes. He, okay, wasn't, he wasn't he no. wasn't sitting in a chair in a dark room, but he was backstage no. issuing open open challenges. Yep.
0: And he's basically said, "I wonder if there's anyone there." that you know can get to me before i get to them i am napalm death and yeah it was But
2: hasn't darby already accepted where darby The match
0: well, they wrestled last week
2: oh they wrestled last. in week? the main event that you fall asleep for. that's what happened i fell asleep here's <laughs> what happens i fall asleep during all main events not because they're not interesting but because i always fall asleep at 10 p.m Every day. Actually,
0: 9.45 p.m. No. Yes, because the, man, the show's over at
2: 10. That's true. Yeah, I can't watch Raw at all. Nope. Like, three-hour shows. Yeah. She doesn't, doesn't get
0: through Raw, ever. Oh,
2: I didn't... Wait, I have to go back and watch it. You also, don't... why nah. is he so ranting? Someone because did show he... up. He had a match. No, no, no. Get over he it. He beat
0: Darby Allin. Now he's issuing another open challenge. And Joey Janela accepted it at, like, some local indie wrestling show, which is cool, because you would never, ever see that in WWE. Uh-huh. So, that's really cool. But then he just kind of walks off, and like, I think everything John Moxley's done so far in AEW has been literal gold. I thought this was dumb. I, I, okay, dumb's a little strong. I think it's fair. I didn't like it. I didn't. Was, uh, it was so, fine.
1: It was just it was strange that he issued an open challenge, the, but he was kind of welcoming exactly. on challenges, and then he kind of initiated the challenge in, later in the show. So he's definitely an right. impatient person. But yeah, uh, yeah. But it was it was fine. It's not his best promo, but it was, you know, it was what it was. Did you like it, honey?
2: Eh, well, I think the principle of continuing this after it's, I just say move on to yeah. something else. I agree. Even though it was only one thing, and that might be, maybe I'm being impatient, but yeah. I feel like somebody did say, I'll do it. And so, move on. Okay. Yeah. We don't want another Aleister Black.
0: That's <laughs> correct. We have one we, too many. Yeah. Nothing against Al Black. we love him. His gimmick is just dumb. Cody Rhodes is back, and he is wrestling Matt Nix, which I have no idea if it was a reference to the New York Knicks since they were in Chicago. He got a
1: huge reaction though, so he He must he must be a local wrestler. And and I think they were chanting some promotion's name while he was in there.
0: I didn't, I couldn't
1: tell what it was. Um,
0: Yeah, and he actually got a decent amount of offense, not like a ton of offense, but like he actually hit Cody once or twice.
1: Yeah, it's very short match. Uh, Yeah, it was three minutes long. So, yeah, uh, Cody hit
0: a springboard cutter. That was cool. Yeah. And he made him tap with a figure four. I mean, there's nothing really else to go over. You can go over more if you want, but he just destroyed him.
1: Uh, not just Cody Rhodes is super over. I mean, he came yep. out there and had the crowd going crazy. Uh, it's a shame that he can't challenge for the title anymore. because <laughs> yep. Ever. Yeah. He's super That'll over. That'll
0: change in any year. But here's the thing. The reason that people complain about Triple H is because Triple H – became what 14 time champion 15 time champion when no one wanted him to be champion there was a time what was it 2004 2005 where randy orton won the title and like there were like seven or eight title changes and every other one was triple h yes so triple h would he would have the title he would lose it to his challenger he would win it back and then a couple months later he would lose it to another challenger and win it back and i think that happened four times in a row
1: the reign of terror
0: it was miserable. Yes. It was it was bad wrestling. No one wanted to see that. Right. So, so after the show, Cody grabs the mic and says, after the show, excuse me, after the match, he says, MJF. And like part of the ring is tearing away. And I, I I literally start thinking, what is what is happening? Is the ring broken? Like what is going on? And so up from underneath comes the fiend. Just kidding. That'll be cool. That'd be amazing. It was the blade. And the Butcher. And so these two guys that no one knows that look like creator wrestlers in, in WWE 2K20, then they're beating up on Cody Rhodes. And in the top right, there's a hashtag. It says Blade Butcher Bunny.
2: Don't pretend you saw and it. Carol's...
0: No, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you credit. Oh, okay. And Carol says, who's the bunny? I said, bunny? What, what bunny? What are you talking about? She said, there's a hashtag right there in the corner. I said, I don't know, but Ali used to be called the bunny. What I didn't know is the Blade, who was Braxton Sutter in Impact, Mm -hmm. is actually her real-life husband. Right. So uh, the two of them help her rise above the ring. They stand above Cody and walk away.
1: Yeah. Uh, Before
0: you get more deep into it, Kyle, I want to hear Carol's unbiased opinion on the Blade, the Butcher, and the Bunny. What
2: did you think? I just, I didn't have much of one. I was excited when I saw the hashtag and I saw that it was Blade Butcher Bunny and here we have Blade and Butcher, I'm like, who's bunny? I gotta say, what's this gonna be? <laughs> it's Adam so,
0: Rose in yeah. a big bunny costume. And a
2: giant bunny costume. Yeah. No, I was very excited it wasn't someone in a bunny costume. Yeah. Does that make for a good review?
0: That makes for yeah. a very good review. I was Technically very happy she was in a bunny costume. But it
2: wasn't someone in an Easter bunny costume. Yes, that is fair. How about that? No, that I mean I I don't have much of a It wasn't much to see um yet. Okay. So
0: you know, unpack it a little deeper, Kyle.
1: The bunny, the bunny. The bunny. Oh, who is the bunny? <laughs>
2: That's great.
1: A, we listened to uh, that song the other day. It's a VeggieTales reference for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about.
2: <laughs> back in the day, way back. Oh, yeah.
1: Man. So uh, I don't know. Like, for, well, first of all, I thought the butcher was uh, Silas Young from ROH for a minute, which he's not. Yeah, it's not. Which So that was a little disappointing because I was like, oh, that'd be great. But it's not Silence Young. Uh, it is Andy Williams who is in a band, apparently. Uh, but he's also okay. a wrestler. And yes, the Blade is Braxton Sutter, who is Ali's real-life husband. Uh, I, I thought it was a little strange that he came out from the ring with a mask. And AEW has done this a couple of times. They'll make big debuts, but nobody knows who these people are. And it just falls flat. So he, he comes out of the yeah. ring with a mask on. I'm like, who is this guy? Who is it? Yeah. And he pulls off the mask and I'm like, who is this guy? Who is it? <laughs> like, exactly. Have no idea. I mean, I've heard of Braxton Sutter, but I haven't really watched it much impact. Um, when he was on there. So I didn't, I could, I didn't recognize his face. So once I, you know, researched who it was um, after the fact, it was like, oh, okay, that's who it was. But I couldn't place his face to the to who it was. Um I I don't know. We'll see what they do with it. It's a little strange that they just randomly attack Cody. I mean you would think Cody That's a new thing to do,
0: I guess. If you debut beat up Cody Rhodes.
1: Yeah, but I mean you're you're thinking that Cody's, you know, gonna be with obviously he came out to cut a promo on MJF and Wardlow.
0: Who hired these guys? Was it Tony or was it the Young Bucks, Kenny? Because it wasn't I'm, Cody, hey, obviously.
1: I'm uh, I'm calling Excalibur hired them because <laughs> He knew each one of these people were. Jr. had no clue. Jr. had no Excalibur idea knew who anybody was, and I was like, "So you knew this was going to happen?" Excalibur. Yeah,
2: and Jr. makes no bones about it when he doesn't know what's going on. He does, He's just yeah. like, "I don't understand." He's just
0: like an old man <laughs> now. He he
1: yeah, is. it's great, but yeah, Excalibur knew all these people. He, he, who are he these people. What's going on? He, he got out and he pulled the mask up and he was like, "The blade," and I was like, "Okay, buddy, like, what's going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> you, you know something that everybody else doesn't know. So I have a feeling Excalibur is in on this, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, the Blade, the Butcher, and the Bunny, which is kind of... I hope they give them better names than, you know, that. Like,
0: Yeah.
1: You know, maybe the Blade, or Braxton Sutter, or something like that. Like, have, like, a team name that's Blade, Butcher, and Bunny, but, like... I mean, obviously, Allie already has her name, but... Yeah, I don't want to be calling these dudes Blade and Butcher. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So it was it was fine. You know, it's what it was, they attacked Cody. I didn't,
0: I didn't hate this, but I didn't love this.
1: Yeah, because like it happened. What
0: in the world? Of, yeah, exactly. In the, in the world of kayfabe, right? Why, like, why would you go? Oh, this guy's an executive vice president. His team just gave us a job. Let's go beat him up. Like, let's hide under the ring so we could come out and beat him up. Like, it just doesn't. It makes no sense. Yeah. So I, it, fine, we'll see where it goes. Again. There have been some things in AEW where I'm like, this is really stupid, and then they turn around and make it really good. So, I'm okay with it, but it was weird, man.
2: I think that Cody being an executive and also a wrestler presents an interesting challenge that sometimes they handle well, yeah, and sometimes it's kind of like halfway done.
0: Right. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's fair, and I think a big another big issue is I think sometimes people kind of forget that Kenny Omega is even one of these guys, right? Because he doesn't really push that part of his character very much, or the young bucks do to a lesser extent, and Cody really does. Right, uh, Cody's the one in the limelight all the time, so I I, I get that. He comes, comes of of the, um, he, he comes out the middle of the
1: he comes out the middle of the entrance ramp still. Yeah, yeah. he has the um, the he big intro, the, the you know yeah. over the top fireworks. Yeah,
0: yeah, yes, yeah, so I get it. Pack versus Kenny Omega, and oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is my favorite TV match in a long, long time. Let's see if you agree. Tell us about it, Kyle.
1: Well, first, Pack makes his entrance, and Dasha, who is uh, taking over for uh, Mister Justin a Roberts, up
0: Chicago-born Justin Roberts. Yeah,
1: and Dasha did a really good job. Uh, okay. She also as Pac was coming out, said he is a bastard. (laughs) I I laughed. (laughs) I was like, this man has come down the ring. He is looking for a fight. And you're going to sit here and call him (laughs) a bastard to his face. Like she, I mean, she's got a cojones for sure. Uh, So she calls him a bastard. He gets in the ring. Kenny Omega makes his entrance. His uh, awesome Mega Man music, which I love. It's so Uh, good. He comes out and he is on fire to start this match just hitting a ton of big moves, a ton of strikes. I mean, he's just coming out super aggressive. Uh, and, and the announcers pointed out too, that he's just, you know, coming out crazy. Uh, he, he gets on the apron with Pac at one point. Uh, attempts Attempted murder, basically of like trying to German suplex him from the apron to the floor. Uh, that would have killed one or both of them. Uh, but luckily Pac blocked this. So we didn't have to see um, murder on TV. And he hits a big moonsault on Omega, which also did look like it hurt. And then we go to commercial, and this is another picture in picture, and Pac is in control the entire time. Uh, yeah. We come back, there's a punching exchange between Pac and Omega, which Pac seemingly gets the best of. He, he knocks yeah. Omega kind of woozy, and he kind of is like, She's like, Yeah, I, I won. And Omega, Omega's just like, Screw you, dude, and does a huge push kick
2: and sends amazing. Pac
1: flying into the corner. And like, it was fantastic (laughs) just like straight up just pushed this dude across the ring with his foot uh omega regains control hits some polish hammer strikes uh after several near falls uh the two men get a striking exchange again uh pock ends up winning with a huge clothesline and both men are on the mat just like huge back and forth you know through this match uh pock then gets omega on the top rope and hits a top rope falcon arrow which is awesome Mm-hmm. Got a near fall on that. Pac gets to the top rope and goes for the black arrow. Uh, they they the announcers point out that he's going to the top rope to hit the black arrow, which is a setup uh, for uh, what's this finisher called the brutalizer. The brutalizer. Um, so they they talk about the black arrow being a setup for it. Um, but he goes up uh, to hit it. Omega moves. He hits the V trigger, sets up for a one winged angel, but Pac reverses. But Omega is able to get him into a cradle. And Pac actually kicks out of the first cradle, but Omega holds onto it, rolls around a bit, and secures another cradle, but is able to hold down Pac for the three count. Yep. Gets a huge win here, avenges his loss to Pac at all out, uh, becomes only the second man in AEW to beat Pac. The announcers point out that he won using wrestling, or at least JR did. He was very happy with it. Uh, A good finish came out of nowhere. Um, Really great match, like you said. I I thought it was really good.
0: Yeah. What do you think, honey?
2: I It was good. I, I What do you
0: I think have, of Kenny Omega and Pac?
2: Here's the deal with Pac. I don't remember which match this was, but it was last week or a couple weeks ago. And Pac, something happens in the ring, and I wish I could remember what it was, but I wasn't on the review show, so I couldn't talk about it then, so I've forgotten. But I remember his <laughs> face. So, something happens in the ring, and he does something... And the crowd cheers, but it's not for him. It's for something that happens behind his back. Mm-hmm. And so he thinks they're cheering for him. And he like, throws his arms out, and he's like, nodding like, yeah. And I just remember in that moment, just saying, oh, poor Pop. <laughs> he just wants to be loved. Like, he thinks, and then it turns out they're not cheering for me at all. And so now I see him, and I just feel this empathy.
0: So he's basically the wrestling version of the Grinch.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the Grinch and Kenny Omega
0: yeah
2: so if you put it that way yeah um yeah like kenny omega like yeah. uh that's all i really have to say okay.
1: the only thing I'm really struggling with the, Go ahead. i just I, and i'll let you you know talk more about it Matt but sure the i'm not sure how i feel about their result because they're they were teasing you know obviously omega's been on somewhat of a losing streak he's yeah. been a little bit of a funk he obviously pointed to losing the Pac being the result. And that's why he wanted to ventus so he could turn, you know, turn everything around. And he'd kind of been starting to, you know, almost acting like he might be going crazy a little bit because he's not used to this, you know, and I mean, to just avenge his loss here in, you know, this, I mean, great. It was a great match. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. But it was just, you know, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, just a nothing show. You know, considering they have like these big buildups, to these pay-per-views, like this right. was just a show, you know, before Thanksgiving and he just ends the losing streak here. It was just kind of anticlimactic. I don't know where they're going to go with it, but I was, I mean, and even some fans were speculating that, you know, Omega is going to continue the losing streak and he might even He's join the Black Order or the Dark Order because they're yeah. really pushing them. Um Because, I mean, it's a group for losers. That's kind of their thing. And they were like, oh, that'd be great right. for Omega to, you know, maybe... Keep losing and go down that path, but to just end it here, especially to Pac, who you know suffered a loss to uh, Adam Page of the show, but it, you know uh, at full gear and you know got his win back right away to just turn around and lose again. It was just I don't know, it was a little confusing to me. But we'll see what they you know what they do out of it. They they do things with a purpose, uh, so I'm sure they have an idea. But it, I was a little confused by it. So what do you think, Matt?
0: I've been struggling to like Kenny Omega and AEW. He's had some really good matches, but he hasn't really had a lot of barn burners like he had in new Japan, which he put on multiple matches of the year. He was wrestler of the year last year, just incredible. And so I'm really excited to see this guy in the States so I can spend more time and watch him do his thing. And we saw him at live at five for the fallen and against Shima. He was really good, but is he Great. And I'm comparing him against Daniel Bryan, and AJ Styles, and Samoa Joe, and Christopher Daniels, and, and the recent greats, and I didn't see it. I saw it in New Japan, but I didn't see it here. Now, after his, re- his match with Moxley, and this match, now I'm seeing that glimmer of hope. That Kenny Omega that everyone wants to see, and if he can put on these matches, win or lose, I don't care it was great. This was my favorite match on, on any wrestling TV of this year. It barely tops Drew McIntyre ricochet. I mean, just absolutely incredible. I love this match. I, I, just, I can't say anything more about it. It was great. It was so good. Everything about it. It was so smooth because, for example, they both at one point did a top rope move to the outside and the other one caught them. And they even caught them perfectly and landed perfectly. And there was no awkwardness and everything was so fast. These two guys, and I know I just praise Kenny Omega, Pac's incredible too, Oh yeah, but I've seen him wrestle a bunch in in WWE uh, on the 205 Live brand where he's allowed to be good. I just, they're both so incredible. I mean, they might be, now that Chris Jericho is older, they might be the two best actual workers on the roster. And that's saying a lot in AEW. Yeah. So, just great. I'm I was okay with the Kenny Omega win. I'm sure they have somewhere to go. So, we'll see.
1: As long as they don't the Diamond uh, Dallas. I'm sorry, go ahead. As long as they don't beat him right again next week, uh, it That's true. they lost, but we'll see.
0: That's true. The Diamond Dallas Page ring. It was the what is it, the Diamond Dozen ring? It doesn't yes. matter. It's the DDP ring. The DDP ring is up for grabs next with MJF with Wardlow. Versus Adam Hangman Page, and this match was pretty good. It, it it was in a weird spot. It was very difficult to follow that last match. So you want to tell us a little bit about it?
1: Sure. Um, before the match, they did recap the Diamond Desert Battle Royal last week. Uh, right. In the results, the Jungle
0: Boy thought that he was the last one with Adam Page. Right.
1: And uh, MJF took him out the apron. So they they you know set this up. Um, Basically, Hangman took it to MJF early, was just, you know, beating the snot out of him. He went started to go for a dive to the outside, but Wardlow stepped in front of him, obviously, you know, telling the story that, you know, he's going to be involved in this match. So, Paige gets out and gets in his face. MJF gets up, and then Paige just, you know, (laughs) got out of Wardlow's face and then punched MJF in the face. Just, you know, beating the crap out of him. Uh, Basically, right before the commercial break, uh, Wardlow was able to interfere and grab uh, Paige and put him on the outside as, as uh, MJF distracted the referee. This is a little sloppy, like with the referee distraction and trying to get Wardlow. I mean, there's one point where the referee was just like clearly looking at him grabbing Paige and then MJF distracted him and then he attacked him and then Paiges down. Wardlow standing there and the rest pointing at him like, did you do this? And <laughs> yeah. I mean, even later on in the, you know, in the match, he plays a role and the ref is like oblivious to it. So, not the cleanest, but, um, and this was the, the picture in picture that I was talking about was actually worse than what they've been doing, which I didn't think could be possible, but it was picture in picture, obviously Warlow interfered and let, you know, MJF kind of get the advantage on page They were doing picture in picture, you know, like I said, MJF had control and then just randomly during the break, it just shut off and just went to regular commercials.
0: Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> so I they just started like, doing that.
1: Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> what was yeah it's very strange i don't know if there was like a technical issue or if there was like a miscommunication no, it
0: more than once in the
1: show. where it just went from picture in picture to sh- back to commercial
0: yeah it happened twice
1: oh okay um so yeah it happened here and i was just like that's just strange so um we'll, we'll come back from the regular commercials and adam page is back in control so we didn't really see what happened um, Paige hits a big moonsault on the outside, but he's still on his shoulder from when um Wardlow attacked him. Uh, MJF pokes Page in the eye, uh, but then gets caught with a uh, discot disc- lariat. Page hits the buckshot lariat, uh, but Wardlow puts MJF's foot on the bottom rope. Um, when he goes for the pin that was a
0: nice little touch. I like that,
1: right? So, MJF then distracts the ref again, hangman like an idiot gets up and tries to go out and grab Wardlow, eats a punch to the face. Um, MJF then pulls him in and hits a sloppy slash brutal crossroads. Like, yeah, it, it looked it horrible, looked but he, it was horrible looking, but also brutal looking because he drove his face in the mat and twisted his body. Right. So it looked like he killed hangman and, uh, he climbed on <laughs> top of him and got the win. Um, I don't know. I it was a fine match, but it was strange. It was sloppy. Um, they just beat Paige again. He kind of looked like a dumb baby face, so I wasn't really a fan of the match.
0: He's turning heel soon, one hundred percent.
1: I guess so. Uh, obviously, he's broke. They pointed out here that he broke away from the elite uh, on being the elite, but they mentioned it's
0: stupid. it. I don't want to see major storylines on YouTube videos, right?
1: So they they mentioned it here, but had obviously didn't show a clip of him breaking away from the group. Um, So basically after MJF won the match, DDP came out toward uh, the ring to MJF. He gives him the ring, says he's disappointed in his recent actions, but he'll be the man here and shake his hand. DDP offers him a handshake. MJF just closes his hands like a dick and uh, DDP gets in his face. That is
0: not correct. No, 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 no. MJF took out his gum and stuck it in DDP's hand.
1: Oh, okay, and then he closes it happens. like in his yeah. yeah So he yeah put his gun in his hand. Still dick move. He he exactly. gets in his face. Uh, Wardlow steps in. DDP says, you know, he, you know, it's going to be sad when a 60 year old man beats up Wardlow. They get in each other's mm-hmm. face. Security guards run out and separate them all, uh, and you know stop the brawl from being you know going down. And then we go to picture in picture commercial. Where the, ball, the brawl is broken up and Dustin uh, makes his way into the ring.
0: Yep. Yep. So Dustin Rhodes is in the ring with Jennifer Decker. And Inner Circle just come in and attack him. He's cutting like a little promo. It doesn't matter what, what they said. Yeah. Inner Circle comes in and attack him. That Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. There is no Jericho or Hager here. And then the Young Bucks come in and make the save. And they do, basically, the Young Bucks do a super kick. And uh, Dustin does a big boot the face of Sammy Guevara. They put all three of them in the ring and they all do the Shattered Dreams. And the crowd gets a huge pop after those nut shots. And uh, yeah, it was a really weird little segment that was announced later that there's going to be a six-man tag next week, which should be fun. Looking forward to that.
1: Um, yeah. I don't know. I think this probably should have just been left on. I mean, I get, I get it was a setup for a match next week, but it was very strangely placed. It was just kind of like... Destin didn't even really get to cut a promo. They just he just immediately got attacked attacked by the Inner yeah. Circle. Uh, Young Bucks.
0: It came kind of out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, it, it was just very awkward. It seemed very thrown in and rushed. Um, probably should have been on dark, and you know, then been, you know, sh- shown next week. I would have been fine with that. I don't think it was like a major main event match. So, yeah, it, it happened. <laughs> it wasn't you yeah. know. Wasn't bad, but it was just there.
0: Yeah. I agree. You want to add anything, honey? Okay. Yeah, it was just a thing. The thing happened. We're well said, on. Carol. Yeah, thank you, Carol. Dark Order. So the random guy with a flyer last week sitting in on a Dark Order church. Cult
1: basically. meeting, essentially. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you see what we assume is evil Uno without his mask on, but like top of the lips down. You don't yeah, see his face the top half of his head. And he basically says, we are the Dark Order. Join us. Now, there's way more to this to unpack. The video's really good. Go back and watch it. Yeah. But basically, like, there's a bunch of people in the crowd, and the lights flicker, and it comes back on, and everyone except the new guy has an Evil Uno, shirt, or Evil Uno mask on. And Evil Uno says, we are everything. We are one. Are you ready to pledge to the Dark Order? And he looked... Kind of confused? I think the proper way to. proper. What did you think of this, honey?
2: I like uh, these promos because we were saying a couple of weeks ago or whenever that the Dark Order was sort of. There. There. And so the promos, these are giving them kind of a reason to be there. Right. So I kind of like it. Um, I liked the, the one from last week or whenever it was more recently where he was like on a train. And he's yeah. watching the, the commercial. Mm-hmm. This was fine too, though. Oh, uh, creepy! I think yeah. he I think the guy the guy sitting there and he's like, all of a sudden, everybody has this mask on. He's just like, hmm. I feel <laughs> like I'd be like, what just happened? Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, I agree. What do you think, Kyle?
1: I really liked it. I like the. I almost wish they would have done this originally before they debuted, because obviously yes. they had a big debut that fell flat because nobody knew who they were. Yeah. Uh, And they've, you know, they're in the tag tournament and they worked really well, had really good matches, but nobody's really gotten behind them because they've just kind of been there, like you said. Um, So these vignettes have been, they've, I mean, done wonders for the Dark Order already because, I mean, it tells you exactly who they are, like what, you know, what their minions are doing, like everything. And then, I mean, it's like I said, it's already gotten, you know, some fans Excited or like speculating, they they thought Kenny Omega might join the Dark Order. It gives you like a, a you know a good group that kind of that has a foundation on. It and there, but not only that, the vignette in itself was you know good. He, you know, Eva Luna was like you said, the uh, preaching to the congregation, unmasked. Right. Uh, he said that Grayson, who's standing up on the stage with him, was his first pupil, uh, and that Dark Order was all powerful. Said they could be anybody. He pointed out individuals that were in the audience saying that could, you know, just anybody that's had you know, negative things in their life, you know, it could be anybody and uh, that, you know, you'll be stronger and all powerful when you've joined the dark order and the new guy is looking like he's going to join it. And it's, it's progressed from, you know, the, the episode that we saw last week or the vignette of it. So I really liked this, you know, I thought it was a, the best segment on the show, I think, other than the opening segment, obviously. But as far as like a building, building up to something segment, I thought it was the best one of the show. Yeah, um, I agree. Like I just really well done It's it's just simple. It's not anything too crazy. It's just they telling you who the Dark Order is. It's good. building who is building their story, building their characters and showing who they are. So, yeah, I thought it was yeah. great.
0: All right, good. Then we we'll go to your main event. Chris Jericho versus Scorpio sky and uh, Jim Ross announces that there is no one uh, allowed at ringside tonight. So no inner circle, no SCU, just Le champion and Scorpio sky. Uh This match was, was a lot shorter than I was expecting it to be. I think they gave it about nine minutes, which a main event world title match. I would expect to be longer. They even, it hinted that it was going to be a long match. Because they they talked about all AEW World Championship matches go 60 minutes, regardless of TV time. So if it goes over, they're going to move to YouTube. And I thought, well, that actually would be, would be kind of cool. Like, you know, end the show. Oh, what's going to happen? And then people can go to YouTube. And if they don't have YouTube, they tune in next week to see if Chris Jericho retained his world title. I actually kind of like that. But that didn't happen. I did like the story they told in this with the Lion Tamer, though. Why don't you tell us about it?
1: Yeah, so um, Scorpio comes out. Uh, JR, like you said, mentioned that everybody was banned from ringside, from Inner Circle to SCU. Um, Yeah, so Scorpio runs out. Uh, He fist bumps the girl in the crowd, which I'm assuming this is Melanie Parsons, who is the girl from high school uh, that he mentioned in his promo. Um, She was very pretty. She was not, uh, you know, put on a lot of weight as Chris Jericho alluded to. So I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, She was very pretty young lady. So Scorpio has got something to fight for at ringside. Uh, Jericho comes out. Scorpio is impressive early on. um, Just, you know, taking it to Chris Jericho. He goes uh, for a head scissor on the apron at one point, but Chris Jericho catches him and throws him uh, back on the apron and then hits a drop that sends Scorpio to the floor. And that's kind of where he gets the control of the match um, we have another picture-in-picture commercial where Jericho keeps the control. Like I said, having all night. Um, yeah. Scorpio then hits a suplex um, on Chris Jericho after we get back from the commercial to kind of regain the control. It's a flurry of kicks. It's a jumping cutter for a near fall. Uh, the announcer is just putting over Scorpio's guys' athleticism during the entire match. And uh, he really is showing off like kind of what he can do and looks like a really great single star. So, um, yeah. I think the future is going to be bright for him for sure. Um, he does go for a job kick at one point from the, um, from the ropes Jericho catches him and turns it into the walls. Jericho, um, Scorpio is, uh, able to get to the ropes. So Jericho gets off, gets in the face of Aubrey Edwards just like yelling at her. Uh, and he's done this in the past, so he must have something against her. Yeah. Uh, it allows Scorpio to get she to his stood feet. Up to him, though. Yeah, she always does. She, and I think she actually slapped him at one point, or like <laughs> stood her ground. I can't remember what match it was, but here she just you know got it, you know stood her ground and you know defended it. But it allowed Scorpio Sky to get back to his feet. He hit another cutter on Jericho and put him in this uh, Dragon Sleeper. And here I was enjoying this match, and this is where I kind of I lost it because Hager runs out. Uh, Sky re- releases the hold and keeps him from coming in the ring, but clearly he interfered in the match. Yep. Uh, Jericho rolled up Sky, and he kicked out, and then they hit clotheslines on each other, so they're both down. Yep. is still out on the outside, and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, why did Chris Jericho a either not get disqualified? Because that was clearly a big rule that they set to start this match, and Hager's just yep. out there ringside now. Or B, why wasn't H- Hager immediately thrown out? So he's just standing there. He jumps back on the apron, still no DQ. Then SCU runs out and they take him down and they start punching. And I'm like, seriously, are there no rules that we're going to enforce here? There's so no finally, Aubrey has had it. She decided, oh yeah, there's a stipulation here. I got to enforce. Yep. She exits the ring, tries to get control. There's chaos going on. Chris Jericho grabs the belt and goes for a belt shot, but Scorpio counters it into a TKO and he goes for the cover. Aubrey slides right back in, but he gets a near fall. So Scorpio can't believe it. He thought he had the win here. He gets up and hits a flurry of punches, um, but then he gets booted in the corner. Jericho goes for the top rope and Scorpio hits a leaping Frankensteiner and Enziguri for another near fall. Then Scorpio goes for another dive, but Jericho counters it into a code breaker for also only near fall. He goes for the juice effect. Sky goes to cradle him. Also another near fall. And so I think the fans were really thinking that was going to be the finish uh, or they, they really thought it had a chance to be, uh, but a really close near fall again. But then Scorpio gets up, tries to go for another insecurity. Jericho catches him in the middle of the ring, puts him in the walls. Scorpio stuck. He has nowhere to go and has no choice, but to tap out. um, I thought this was a really good match. The whole running in thing was completely unnecessary. It totally undid the rules that they set. I, I mean, I just didn't think it even needed to happen. So it was a good match, but that part really stuck out to me and like took me out of the match because I was just sitting there throwing my hands like, "What is going on?" Like, and then they just like played no part in the finish. So yeah, that really. Stuck out to me and really, like I said, put a damper on how good this match actually was. Um, But basically Jericho won and you would think so. He's a world champion. He managed to, you know, even if it was through dastardly ways, because, you know, Hager ran out and kind of played a part, even though it was minimal. Um, But Jericho ended up winning. And then basically what happened afterwards was Jericho continued his assault. uh, John Moxley music hit. He came out through the crowd. Uh, he probably needs some sort of like, um, cue for his music because it's it's not it's John Mox's music, but it's kind of generic at the same time. So yeah, the fans. I don't think they knew who it was at first because they kind of just sat there not reacting, and then he showed up in the crowd and they went crazy. Uh, yep. So yeah, but he was fine. Moxley just stood in the crowd, basically, and him and Jericho stared at each other to end the show, um, teasing, you know, obviously Moxley got his, has his eyes on Jericho and the announcers put over that surely these guys are going to come head to head at some point. Um, but I don't know. What do you think of the match, Matt?
0: I thought the match was fine. I thought it was too short. It was nine minutes long. Yeah, um, I, It was I- good it was good it it just wasn't enough to it and they've been hopping this up scorpio sky is the perfect tv challenger for chris jericho because he's not this super big threat but he is going to put on a really good match i don't know if it was cut short because other matches ran a little too long maybe but it was a little disappointing but i do want to point out the the music thing with moxley i have watched every aew event ever i watched all in before they were aew and i've watched them all And moxley's music hit i thought who is this yeah and then i'm like oh yeah of course it's moxley but the mix has been so bad this is the first week where i can actually hear the commentators throughout basically the entire show because they always have like last week i didn't get anything from the commentators at all so i think they struggle with the mix and i didn't i didn't realize it was moxley's music because one it's a little generic and two i half the time you can't hear it anyway. Yeah. So I heard this big pop and I'm like, okay, I heard this, this big music. And I said, okay, who is this going to be? And then I'm like, oh, of course, it's Moxley. What am I thinking? But I don't know that it looked what, it came off really well afterwards, but that big pop that they were expecting didn't happen.
1: Yeah. So and and it came through I the heard. crowd. So it was a delayed reaction. Cause like I said, right. the, the fans and like you said it, and I was the same way. Like initially I didn't know whose music was and I didn't think Moxley cause he has yet to be involved with Jericho and he made, like I said, an open challenge earlier in the show. It was kind of taking on all comers type thing, but yet he's the one that coming out, you know, coming out and making his presence known. So it was a little strange. Um, but, Cause like I said, I didn't recognize him like the music at first. He came through the crowd as well. So the fans might be looking for somebody to come on the stage. There's nobody there. They have to kind of like look to find where he is. It was just kind of delayed. So, I mean, obviously, The Rock had the if you smell what The Rock is cooking, Song yeah. Cold had the glass break. There needs to be something. If, if he's going to keep this music, it needs to have some sort of kickoff. It was fine. Uh, like I said, I enjoyed the match. It was a good match, a good TV match. Uh, I, Like I said, I've been a stickler for the rules, especially with AEW and the whole Hager and everybody running out and nobody suffering consequences or anything. It was really dumb. But because, I mean, if WWE had done it, we would be throwing it up be like, this makes no sense. They're right. like, "Like, what is going on? So I can't give them a pass here. It was just... It's fair. Yeah, so it's that's fair. good, but that part was kind of stupid.
0: Yeah. What do you think, honey? Did you did you enjoy it?
2: Uh, this match took place after 9.45 p.m. Oh, that's right. You were asleep. So I was only catching flashes as I woke <laughs> up. Yeah. Again, it's not the match's fault. It's just teacher life.
0: Yeah, I get that.
2: Um, I actually stood up later than most teachers. So, um... No, but I saw bits and pieces. I wanted to see more, and I did see the end when with Mox in the crowd, and I thought, "Oh, cool, that'll be good."
0: And Jericho looked like he was going to poop himself. I mean, he looked—he
2: <laughs> did look horrified,
0: mm-hmm. like he's seen a monster. And it's funny because Chris Jericho knows that this is the guy that you know had a potted plant in WWE when, during their feud. So uh, I have a feeling that this feud will be much, much better than List Jericho versus Dean Am- Dean Ambrose. Yeah, and it's hopefully hopefully good.
1: Mitch is not mentioned or um
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, you 100% Chris Jericho is going to bring it up. 100%. <laughs> Mitch his uh, Dean Ambrose's potted plant.
2: Oh, I must have missed that.
0: Yeah, we didn't watch that.
2: Oh. Yeah.
1: Which was not yeah, something was that uh I've I've listened to Dean Ambrose talk about this uh when he, I think it was on Starcast, he made it clear that Mitch was not his idea. It was just WWE who created Mitch the character and he thought it was very stupid. So
0: he basically made, on, on Chris Jericho's podcast, he basically said, I didn't come up with any of it. It was all bad. Yeah. So that, that's the short version. Yeah, I'm blaming. So my sweet Carrie, B-dubs, if you're going to grade AEW Dynamite from 8.15 to 9.45 since you slept <laughs> for 30 minutes, or you, you were late and then you slept for the last 15 minutes, what would you grade this show?
2: Uh, uh, I mean, I enjoyed the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was an enjoyable show. I liked that I could hear the announcers. That made a big difference. Yeah. Um, I give it a B plus. B plus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: That okay. was good. What
1: you think, Cal? Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm right around that area. I'm not going to give it a B minus because that's what I gave Survivor Series, and I thought this was uh not like Survivor Series had way more worse things than what was on the show. So yeah. uh, I'll give it a B. It definitely wasn't their best show, um, but they had obviously the great opening segment. Uh, I thought the main event was good other than the run-ins. Um, and all the other matches were fine. And uh, But really what elevated it was Kenny Omega and Pac. They they really put on a good match, and that's kind of what pushed it over um, to like a full B for me. So I enjoyed I it. That. Yeah.
0: There are a couple weird spots in the show. Let's just be fair. There were some weird things. That yeah,
1: happened. you definitely had weak so points. It's a
0: weird new tag team. Now Allie's crazy. She looks like a bunny from Bioshock. I just a lot of a lot of weird things like that. Um, and I love DDP, second favorite WCW wrestler. Right, huge DDP mark. But like he kind of made MJF and Wardlow look dumb. And MJF is a superstar. Yeah. And Wardlow is this big guy that they're trying to get over.
1: You would think they would have so, beat him up.
0: Yeah, they will at some point, I'm sure. And then the main event was too short. So I don't know. There, There's some little gripes, but I'm going to give the show a B-plus as well because I just enjoyed it. I mean, at 9 o'clock, I looked at my wife and I said, oh, hey, the first half of the show is over. And we didn't even realize because we we're having so much fun. So and this is a B-plus on the AEW scale, which is better than the A-minus on a WWE scale. So even though I gave Raw a better rating, I enjoyed this show more. I, I liked it I, I just don't really have any complaints all my complaints are nitpicky and I I don't mind being nitpicky it's fair we're nitpicky to the WWE but they do such a good job with telling stories in AEW and if there's things that I go well that was kind of dumb I'll get over it because in a week or two they pay it off somehow Yeah. so I'm fine I, I really enjoyed this show
2: I think something about AEW that I'm enjoying is what we've said already tonight, which is that when something's supposed to be silly, they take it that way. If something's supposed to be serious, they take it that way, and you, the audience member, sees it that way, and Mm -hmm. you take it seriously. Right now, I don't take anything in WWE seriously. No, and I I feel like the flavor. But they take it very seriously,
1: and that's the problem.
2: Exactly, (laughs) exactly. So yeah, so I don't know. That's just it's just a flavor an overall sense of things
0: i think that's fair That's fair well ladies and gentlemen this has been your aew dynamite review episode 68 of wrestle life radio please give us a follow on facebook and instagram at wrestle life radio and on twitter at wrestle life pod kyle can work where can they find you on instagram
1: at kyle.poly
0: Carrie, where can they find you on Instagram? You
2: can find me at Wrestle Life sleeps through main events.
0: That's good, yeah. and you can follow uh, Chris on Twitter at Wrestle Life Heal and follow me Bo on both at Wrestle Life You can listen to us basically wherever: Radio Public, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, or what you are listening to us to us on right now. Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you. We hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. And as this is Rivalry Week, roll tide.
1: Yeah. <laughs>